Autumn presents Why Comcast Sent Me Pizza, written by Ian Bogost. I didn't realize how seriously companies take social media until last year, when I opened my front door and saw a delivery guy holding a stack of pizza boxes up to his chin. Comcast had recently started advertising mobile phone service where I live. Given that Comcast and AT&T were already the only local choices for broadband and cable, the move felt like an ominous sign of even more industry consolidation. I took to Twitter to air this worry. It's nice that Comcast is offering mobile phone service now, I posted, but until I can get Comcast delivery pizza, I will remain empty inside. It wasn't the best joke I'd made on the internet, but Comcast didn't mind. The company saw my tweet and responded, Hey, Ian, you rang? DM us the address where you would like it delivered, and we'll make it happen. I thought I was calling Comcast's bluff by answering that I wanted gluten-free mushroom pizza and that because I was a customer, the company should know my address. Do your brand thing, I quipped. This was hardly my first digital interaction with a corporation. DiGiorno Pizza was my Twitter buddy for a while, although we seemed to have fallen out of touch. I once scorned Jolly Ranchers, only to have the brand chat me up moments later. Northern Tool, a tool and machinery company, chimed in on a photo I tweeted of its catalog. Cinnabon helped me win a dispute about how to pronounce its product, like James Bond. I assumed these brands targeted me because I have a decent Twitter following and write often for The Atlantic. And I thought I knew how these conversations went. They were quick and lighthearted, mildly amusing if also a bit invasive. Mostly they were forgettable. Then the pizzas arrived. Ten of them from a local place that delivers gluten-free pies. I was surprised, which is exactly the outcome Comcast was after. In marketing, conventional wisdom holds that small surprises can yield a big benefit for a limited cost, especially if they go viral. Marketers have a name for Comcast's pizza delivery stunt, a strategy of surprise and delight. About 15 years ago, before Twitter existed, companies paid agencies for guerrilla and buzz marketing. The agencies would surreptitiously seed conversations about the companies in chat rooms and on message boards and report back on the sentiments they saw there. Then the social platforms arrived, Blogger, MySpace, YouTube, and others. That's what spawned the new social media management economy. Around 2010, when the Citizens United Supreme Court ruling reinforced the breadth and power of corporate personhood in America, businesses started developing online personalities. Now almost every brand is a hashtag brand, too. Spend enough time perusing corporations' social accounts, and you'll start to see distinct personas emerge. Wendy's is catty, Arby's is geeky, Charmin is, well, cheeky. This shift has ushered in a whole new job category. Companies employ social media managers and online content specialists to troll Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other platforms, looking for opportunities to engage, a favorite word of online advertisers, or, in my case, to send pizza. 
Because I sometimes cover issues related to Comcast for The Atlantic, I gave away as many of the pizzas as I could and reimbursed Comcast for the cost. It's not just the big fish like Comcast. Steakum is a family-owned company based in Reading, Pennsylvania, that sells frozen sliced beef for making Philly cheesesteaks at home. I ate the beef occasionally in the 1980s, but I'd forgotten about it until I noticed the company on Twitter several years ago. At the time, it seemed ridiculous that a frozen beef producer would be there at all. Still, I followed the account. Then, last year, I received a direct message asking me, personally, to share a Change.org petition advocating for Stakem's account to receive the blue check mark that indicates an account has been verified by Twitter. Stakem's marketing team, I later learned, was trying to recruit followers and fans by casting the verification campaign as a Rust Belt underdog story, a regional frozen beef company versus social media hotshots like Wendy's. The team told me that it had started by enlisting a few comedians and mid-tier celebrities who had mentioned Stakem on Twitter. But the process for reaching people like me was more sophisticated. Using a software service called Crimson Hexagon, Nathan Alabach, who manages Stakem's social media accounts, was able to home in on the geographic locations, interests, and social media usage patterns common to the younger audience Stakem hoped to connect with on Twitter. The software identified gaming, a sector I work in, as one of those interests, which made me a compelling target. Many people singled out by brands on Instagram or Twitter may not know how they came to a company's attention. Part of the answer is sophisticated software, Crimson Hexagon, for example, can identify objects and corporate logos and photos, a Pepsi t-shirt, say, or a Mr. Coffee coffee maker in the background, enabling companies to discover what someone owns or uses even if the person doesn't tag a brand. Matt Dickman, who runs digital communications for Comcast, told me that in the case of the pizza delivery, my original tweet would have been routed to Comcast's Xfinity mobile brand team, which explains how the company was able to find my address and ship pizzas there. The same infrastructure that allows Comcast to respond quickly to service issues on Twitter, in my experience much faster than when you call, gives it a platform for clever marketing. In other words, brands have learned to go beyond reacting to customers' complaints and anticipate what might enchant them, playing offense, not just defense. Which brings us to the case of the Kit Kat marriage proposal. This spring, Haley Bird, a congressional reporter at The Weekly Standard, posted a tweet mocking her boyfriend, Evan Wilt, for eating a Kit Kat bar by biting across its entire width rather than breaking off the individual wafers. Hershey's, which makes the candy in the U.S., sent the couple a box of Kit Kat bars with eating instructions, a cute gesture that Bird thought was the end of the matter. But her tweet had gone viral, and behind the scenes, a Hershey's brand publicity representative, Anna Lingeris, conspired with Wilt to design a Kit Kat-shaped ring box, which Wilt deployed for his proposal in July. The result? A happy couple and a haul of cheap publicity for Hershey's. Bird has nearly 50,000 Twitter followers. 
but not everyone at the receiving end of an elaborate branding exercise has as wide a reach, and according to the marketers I spoke with, that's fine. They seem to delight in their own endeavors as much as their customers are supposed to. Alabach sounded wistful when describing late-night therapy sessions with lonely, down-on-their-luck Stakem fans. Once, he told me, the company sent Walmart gift cards to a customer whose apartment had burned in a fire. Lingeris expressed deep pride in her role in Wilt and Bird's Kit Kat engagement. Dickman said Comcast doesn't pursue its surprise and delight affairs just to target influencers, a term he thinks is becoming meaningless. The potential for something to be propelled forward by someone doesn't really depend on how many followers they have, he said. It depends on how you treat them. A positive experience can cement a customer relationship. Dickman cites the time a man asked Comcast how a friend's son, who was in the hospital, could watch a Chicago Bears game, and the company gave him tickets. The hospital granted the boy leave to attend the game. Nobody saw any of this, Dickman told me, saying that any resulting publicity is just a bonus if it happens. After the pizzas arrived, Xfinity Mobile told me something similar in a private message on Twitter. There's absolutely no obligation or request for you to write about this. In fact, we are just glad you enjoyed it. But it's human nature to feel obligated when someone even a company, does something for you. That can make the people on the receiving end of social media marketing feel snared in corporate traps. The fire victim was probably appreciative, but will he later feel indebted to a frozen meat company? Likewise, Evan Wilt and Haley Bird's union is now forever bound to a chocolate bar. As for me, here I am, with some ambivalence, giving Comcast publicity for its pizza stunt, doing the very thing the company claimed it didn't expect. Social media has made it easier than ever for companies to connect with people. These new, personal bonds between companies and customers feel uncanny. The brands are not real human friends exactly, but neither are they faceless corporations anymore. Isn't that the point, though? Branding's purpose is to get under your skin, to make you remember an otherwise forgettable company or product. When the surprise wanes, that feels a lot less delightful. If you enjoyed this production, find the best long-form articles read aloud in the Autumn app, available now for iPhone.